Cahen is sponsored in part by Soulcraft Brewing, Salida's hometown brewery, offering a large selection of traditional and seasonal craft beers. Their spacious patio features cozy fire pit tables for outdoor warmth on chilly days. Fresh food is served daily at the Soul Shack food truck, featuring snacks like wings and pretzels, and full meals like sandwiches, burgers, and a delicious brunch on Sunday. Soulcraft is open daily for happy hour, lunch, and dinner. Cahen is supported in part by Little Red Hen Bakery, located at 302 G Street in downtown Salida. Little Red Hen specializes in hometown fresh-baked bread, bagels, and treats, all made with organic and local ingredients. A full menu, including the wood-fired oven schedule and daily specials, can be found on their Facebook page at Little Red Hen Salida. Cahen and Little Red Hen – just two hometown chickens working to keep Salida, Salida. Welcome, friends, to my old caboose here at KHEN for On the Rails. You can always listen to us on iTunes or, you know, as a podcast if you want to here at KHEN 106.9 on your FM dial. We're having a really fun time interviewing uh, Bob Sampson, Bobby Sampson, who uh, we, we have just been talking about the rather radical uh, changes that happened, that, that came up. Those changes came up when, um, those changes came up when railroad management decided that they were going to, uh, that they were going to, uh, Institute some new work rules, very strict work rules. And fortunately, that was, <laughs> I was almost out of there by then, but Bob was right in it. Bobby experienced those rules. And he was saying that he, he felt some of it had to do with his being black, but not all of it. That it is mostly just the company changed it over. Is that honest? Is, am I presenting that? Is that sort, sort of what you're saying? Oh, yeah, they started doing foolish stuff. I could see some of it. A lot of the guys were just running gun. And I, I was running gun when I was young. You know, you were young and, and, and you know, you build a train in an hour. And, and back then, like when I, when I was young, I was a hostler's helper. I don't know. I think you know what that is. Like you built the train, the engines for the trains, stacked together all the engines. So we, we had a pretty good crew then. So uh, if you got your work done, then you could pursue other stuff while you're at work. Like you could, you could read a book or you could, you could brush up on your, your safety rules or what, you know, anything. They just got to the point where they didn't, I don't know. They, they wanted to slow the work down, slow the worker down. I remember when I first started working for the railroad and I, I saw it the other uh, few days back. My safety book was a little book. It was a nine by six book that fit in your back pocket. And I was that especially about, for you at hostlers or just no, general rules? That you, remember, you remember your rule book? Yeah, it I do. Your, and it was the yeah. bit about nine by, you know, a small book. Yeah. Put it in your back pocket. And what it basically said was, was work safe and get the job done. Well, later on, I, I remember one of the employees used to say, that's not a safety book. 
that's not your safety book anymore. It's your liabilities book. Because any time anything happened, someone got hurt, God forbid someone got killed, they made a rule against that. Whatever they were doing that caused the accident, they wrote a rule against it. Pretty soon, you, you needed a great big old book that was in a binder and <laughs> you had all kinds of bylaws and add-ons to it. <laughs> Uh, boy, that rule book was uh, a chore. So it changed. And and it, they slowed everything down. And so it's hard for me to really put a finger on what the real problem was. I think the railroads were because they were losing a lot of money, you know. So when we get hurt, there's liabilities. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they're losing a lot of money pretty soon. You got to figure out a way to minimize your losses. So I yeah. think figured out if you held everybody's hand and you tried not to ever let anybody get hurt, then you minimize your losses. It didn't have anything to do with they didn't want you to get hurt. They didn't want you to cost them money. Those were those are big changes. And uh, I'm I'm happy I got out of there before those changes happened. It was, and it sounds like the train masters themselves had less sway over what was going on. It sounds like sounds like it was maybe the front office. That... That's what happened. See, when all the mergers happened, that was their way of weakening the unions and the train masters' grip. And you know, the old train masters, they knew you, and they you sure did. You, you know, you knew them. You had a conversation with them. Uh, they talk to you about your family. You talk to them about things. But by the time the mergers came in, you knew them, but then you didn't know them because there are so many yeah. people and um, it just got changed up to where yeah. the unions were weaker and the men were more divided. Not that there weren't some some bad conductors out there. There were. I, I had one that I worked for him for five nights i thought he was going to try to kill me every night i'll tell you what because you know we we did a lot of that was a flat switching job you'd he'd kick those cars at you and you better be up there clinging and make sure that you got that pin up so when they when they kick that car down you know it, it better go he better not be hanging up there and uh, you know but what changed that so then i went to mark up for the next week and i thought I can take this another week. I'm going to rah, rah, rah. Several of the guys said, so I hear they're really running, running your ass down there in G-Yard. I said, yeah, they are. He said, uh-huh, uh-huh. I went into markup. I said, I'm going to do it another week. Uh-huh. I went in. I couldn't hold that job. It was the it, it was the lowest seniority on there. I They wouldn't let me hold it. Somebody else would come in and mark it up. Nope, nope. You're not going back. You're not going back there. Because <laughs> they, they knew this guy was trying to get me and so they made sure I wasn't back there so you know there was some of that I, I'm sure you had some of that too well kind of helped me you know it's funny it was it's almost you play it just like a, any other kind of weird game that said you know like okay this is how they would do it you may not have the seniority to get a job but your buddy has enough seniority to get that job okay so you tell your buddy, 
man, I'd sure like to have that job, but I don't have enough seniority. And if he was a good enough buddy, he'd say, you know, man, I'll bump onto that job and I'll let you know the night before when I bump off it, then you bump into it. So, you, have, sure. you know, you have to play the game. You know, it you is games. And that's how kind of I ended up on the Colorado Springs local. I really like that job. Yeah. go all around Colorado Springs and it's a local, you know. The those are really, those are really fun. Oh, yeah. The regular guy, and see, not a lot of people understood what they really were because they were over the road guys. So they'd see you yeah. switching cars and picking up cars and stuff, and they'd say, oh, that's too much work for me. But what they didn't realize is that you went out there and you picked up 20 or 30 or 40, maybe 50 cars. You brought them back to the station, and they had to come and pick them up and put them in their train while you were home at night sleeping. That's <laughs> so true. You had to you had to play the game. And I ended up on that Colorado Springs local for off and on two, three years. Great group of guys. And, you know, you did your work. Nobody bothered you. And, man, it was it was fantastic. And it sounds like you hit almost no racism right around here. Or, or well, you know, battle. Yeah, I suppose. Most of these guys I grew up with. A friend of mine just left just now, and I grew up with him. We wrestled together on the same team in high school. We don't deal with each other like that. It wasn't yeah. was until you would get somewhere where people didn't know you, like Dale Hart, Texas, or uh, oh, some of those, like Horace, Kansas. People didn't know you, so they, they thought they knew you. They would assume that their little bit of life what they've touched on people like you was their total experience of everybody was going to be like that you know did you know so you have to surprise them let them know you know that no i'm not that guy so it, it worked out pretty good you know I, I was a pretty big strapping kid and i didn't generally get too much trouble out of them well, plus you're a pretty mellow fellow, uh, Bobby. You you always struck me. That day we had lunch over there, and I, I thought, you know, everybody was pretty darn relaxed. Isn't it better that way, Forrest? Don't you think? Yeah, yeah I think. <laughs> I do think. I don't feel like conflict gets you really anywhere except conflicted. So. Yeah, yeah. No, that's for sure. Well, what about the future here? Uh, now, these days, the railroads are doing a terrible job of delivering supplies. They, oh, we hear all these stories of produce rotting on the sidings and all that. I, and they say, they sure. say, well, they don't have enough crews. They don't have enough people to move the trains. They all that stuff. Uh, what? Yeah, where is that all coming from? Ask, ask them stockholders how their pockets feel in the See, they finally got it to where they're making big profits. But to make big profits, they gutted out the railroad. You know, when I first started working for the railroad, we did everything. You get a, a guy working for the railroad. I'll bet you there's an engineer right now pulling the throttle that doesn't know what an ABD valve is. 
I'll, yeah. I'm willing to bet you that. I, I will bet you that there, there's probably a guy running the engine or, or taking or, or taking his track or warrants that has no idea how a car works or how how to change out brakes or to to fix anything. You know. Yeah. Um, that's no, why I think you're right. Yeah. Right. I mean, um, they can say what they want to, <laughs> but a lot of my guys used to say that they want to go get over the road. They prefer me because if something broke, I could go fix it, and we could keep on going. Yeah. Guys, now they don't know how to fix nothing, and they don't want to know. Plus. In my my day, certainly yours to some degree, a hundred car train that was a big train. Oh, now yeah. They're, now they're what three miles long or something? What do you do? Well, say say you bust an air hose, two hundred cars back. Well, you know you you got to wait till somebody comes out in the pickup truck from some shop somewhere. You know. Oh, you better not. You'll be else somewhere. If you're stretched across the crossing or something, you if you have an emergency or air hoses broke or something like that, you better get to work. You better clear them crossings and you better yeah. find an air hose if you have to dummy it up or just cut the air brakes off of the car, that individual car. Because what you got to do is you got to, there's all kinds of regulations. Like if you should be having a, crossing block god forbid a highway crossing or something like that you could go to jail you personally man oh man yeah you can't well, mess around Train it's pretty crazy in that regard well hopefully it doesn't happen much but yeah they're building the trains a lot bigger but another thing they're doing too is they've got what they think that is going to solve their problem is they got guys in pickup trucks that ride up and down the routes so if there's yes. a problem, they'll meet you with that <laughs> truck, you know, try to get you on the road as quick as possible. Anyway, that's how it was when I left. And that was, I imagine that evolved even more because that was 10 years ago. Yeah. I don't yeah. really know where the railroad is today because um, that's a different phase of my life. I don't really you know no my, mine too we're 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 two uh if you don't mind my saying it slightly older gentlemen sitting here in the cahen caboose talking to some degree about the old days you know and uh although you're right. a younger man than i am but still yeah but i can still say back in the day <laughs> yeah you know back yeah. in the day so back in the day you know what back i mean in the day yeah i know and not but you know, you'd be surprised. People who listen to this railroad show, a lot of them find it interesting to kind of listen to reminiscing like that. It, I, it's it's kind of fun for some of your rail fans, and and we got a lot of rail fans. I'm surprised we have people click onto this show on iTunes from all around the world, from all kinds of odd places. You wouldn't think there would be any. Like England, England has a lot of rail fans, and they like U.S. rails uh, for some reason. A lot of people from different countries, they would, they actually would come up to the steps of the train and want to have a conversation with you. They'd be yeah. from 
different countries, you know, you'd be stopped at a crossing, you know, and they'll come up and want to talk. And I've had them come up and talk to me and tell me where they were from and how they knew more about the trains than I did, to be honest, you know, a lot of them, they knew more about the engines. They knew more about the of the engines and that kind of stuff. I knew what my rule book said and they knew what the engine would actually do. It was very interesting talking to them guys. Uh, I, I think the best part of my railroad was the travel. The travel and the meeting the people and, oh, I tell you what, uh, when I went down south, I hadn't been down south since I was a young, young man. Not, you know, I was probably 12 or 13. So after I went down south, to work that that whole like 18 months I was down there. It was quite an experience. I mean boy, I bet. What we have here is called convenience stores down there. They call them common goals and stuff like that. But you go into a store, oh man, they tell you you want to get your lunch here. And you go out back and they'd have a tank full of catfish. You pick out your catfish and they'd knock it in the head. I'll be darned. I'll be darned. Took it, took it with you a good hot catfish dinner onto your train. Just stuff like that. Just people I would meet. Met, meet people that you wouldn't meet before. Like when I first went to Wynn, Arkansas, I'll tell you this little story. And it because it it I like it. <laughs> I first went to Wynn, Arkansas. And when I first showed up, I noticed there was a commotion across the street from where I was tying up my train. And there was a trailer park and there was a bunch of white kids out there and they were pointing over towards the train tracks. Made me nervous. So I started looking around trying to figure out what was going on. What's going on? Now, they're pointing at me. They oh. never seen a black guy as a conductor before. And that was big news. Oh. At first, I thought that wasn't cool. I thought, oh, man, it, you know, I tell you what, by the time I left Wynn, Arkansas, I had dinner in several of them's houses and talked to several of them, and they were just the nicest people we ever went to meet. So, travels. I'd like to think most people are pretty nice, and I'd like to think that people who show up in, in Pueblo, for instance, we, we had some nice chit-chats with people sitting around there out in front of the, the depot and yeah and two was that two weeks ago or three i guess that's right you've been to see you've seen some music since then you went to the aspen music festival yeah the wife loved that i gotta keep her young you know she gets oh that's really true <laughs> that's fun the thing is you get a bunch of railroad guys particularly guys old timers talk about back in the day and stuff. We could talk for two more shows about some of these stuff. And maybe we will. Maybe we should rerun a part three and a part four on this. We'll, we'll cover it all. And But um, as far as current issues, it, it strikes me that the safety, if anything, has probably improved since our day. I think they have fewer at-grade crossings Although we just had a terrible, terrible train wreck. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't even know what happened there. I'll have to try to find out. But uh, 
I think we've got fewer at-grade crossings. I, I think that we probably have fewer, let's say, completely exhausted crews. In my day, we worked a 16-hour day. They don't work 16 hours now, more like 12 or 10. I think uh, 12 hours is your mandated time that you could be on. I'm not sure. I know. Okay. I'm, I'm not sure, either, but, but it's, 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 it's less. And instead of sleeping in your caboose, wherever they let you off, now they'll, you get to sleep at the soup parade. Your own key. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where you yeah. About no. And going into this, like, just open area with, with cots, and you sleep there, and get up and get your train. So there's been a lot of improvements over the yeah. years. Yeah. Your well, that's for sure. And... Um, well, see, these, this is kind of what we is fun about on the rails, this show, is that people, we get old-timers calling in and saying, well, I remember we had a guy call in, what, just about a month ago. He remembered over here in Minturn, Colorado, when they would put 12 engines on the front of a, of a, a little coal drag to pull up. And, and so whoever was on the head end there had to walk back through or take care of 12 engines to try to find out if they did blow an air hose, God help them. They're, you know, like you were saying, they wouldn't necessarily, well, they'd know how to replace it, but which which one did they, which one and where, you know, which by the time you'd worked out there, you probably had an idea. Yeah, you kind of, uh, there are a lot of things. If you happen to be close enough, you could kind of hear where, where your problem is. You know, you'll hear it blowing, you know what's going on, but, yeah. I mean, not to minimize that or anything, but I, I just want to thank you for having me on your platform, Forrest. Oh. And it's fun to talk over old railroad stuff. You know, when I got done with the railroad, nobody really cared about what I had to say. So, <laughs> Well, as my wife says, nobody cared anyway. But <laughs> even now, they didn't care. No, they care. Our listeners care. They, and they and our KN listeners care, and they pledge to KN. That's that's how they keep this little station going here. And uh, yeah, no, they do care. Well, Bobby Sampson, wonderful interview. No, we will do it again, and we'll sit and have lunch again too. Um, Rick hasn't made he hasn't made it over to try out this other restaurant you were talking about, the rib one. Uh, I, we don't have any good ribs around here at all and there was another one you like what was that one the, the, oh. the one in canyon city right there off the main drag kind of not the main drag but when you come in from florida burger world burger world we got it'd be worth going over there <laughs> we could oh, drive that, down to burger world and yeah give it a i mean that's right there in your neck of the woods okay hey we're we're, we're off in the menus where we're, we're, we're it's time to say goodbye to this portion of On the Rails with me, your host, Forrest Whitman from the KHEN Caboose, and to say a big highball. If it's wintertime, let's let's throw a fusee out in the middle of the track behind just to light up the snow. Did you still have plenty of fusees? Or? Uh, yeah, my thing was torpedoes, though. Oh, those torpedoes. Aren't those fun? We can talk torpedoes. Listen, let's get out of here. This has been a segment of On the Rails. Thanks, thanks for listening, and you can pick it up anytime at KHEN 106.9 FM.
just go to uh, podcasts and it'll be there on podcast. And Bobby Sampson, thank you so much. We're going to do it again. We're going to interview some more. Thanks to our production manager there, Rick White, who's up in the head end. And also to Leslie, who is the one who goes through and makes sure we don't say, we don't say, oh, any of the S words. <laughs> okay, We're, let's do a big highball. Throw on. I know they wouldn't let you do a highball. Why not? Well, it was really wasn't my job. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. At, you the, count of, at the count of three. One, two, three. Highball. 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 We're out of here. Cahen is sponsored in part by Soulcraft Brewing, Salida's hometown brewery, offering a large selection of traditional and seasonal craft beers. Their spacious patio features cozy fire pit tables for outdoor warmth on chilly days. Fresh food is served daily at the Soul Shack food truck, featuring snacks like wings and pretzels, and full meals like sandwiches, burgers, and a delicious brunch on Sunday. Soulcraft is open daily for happy hour, lunch, and dinner.